0: Again, if you're visiting with us, thank you for being with us, and uh, we're glad you're here and believing God's going to bless you. So, last couple weeks, um, I'm kind of tempted to apologize, but I can't apologize for what God does. And so, I've just, you know, I knew going in the messages would be long. (laughs) It's just, that's what God had for that Sunday, the last two Sundays, I know I preach probably an hour each Sunday, but but you keep coming back. It's it's surprising. So you, know, you want <laughs> so, but it's just it was just the nature of that. I haven't done that in a couple years. But and and so I'm going to try to give you a break. And there's not we're not going to spend half hour in testimonies either. Uh, I just mistimed everything. But how many? know God's in charge, and I, I and I, just, I think He's getting us ready for the unusual. You know, if you want a boring church, there's plenty of them. You, you don't need to come here. But uh, we, we just want God's will. We just want whatever God wants. And, well, I'm going to preach about that anyway. So, so if you're ready for the word, I want to talk about a tough subject. The last two messages were different. You know, some messages are what I call harvest messages where you, need, you can go out in the field and get all kinds of goodies. And you just walk away blessed when your pocket's full and God's blessing and it's wonderful. Woo, glory to God. People running the aisles shouting, that's good. But then there's messages I call plowing messages where you got to break up ground. And see, the amens just died already. Already they're dead. And those, those are difficult messages, but... But how many know you gotta, you know, sometimes you got chicken dinner and sometimes you got liver. You gotta preach it all. You gotta preach it all. So we're gonna get into this thing. I called it strange fire. And it's from Luke. I mean Luke. Leviticus, they both start with L. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1. Let's start with the with the word of God. And it says that that same day, that same day, Nadab and Abayu, um, um, how would you like to be in the word for the mistake you made? Aaron's sons, he had four sons. He's the fifth. It's really the fivefold ministry. But two of them failed. They took their censers, put hot coals and incense in them, and offered strange fire to God. Something strange. God had not commanded. Fire, real fire. Sometimes people say, I want the fire of God. Are you sure? Fire blazed out from God and consumed them, and they died in God's presence. You know, we pray, God, we want the presence. Again, are you sure? Because sometimes things die. In the presence. In fact, I'm going to say there are things here this morning that need to die. In the pre- I, didn't, I didn't say people. I said things. Five people just walked out of the sanctuary. You ain't killing me today. <laughs> if you come this way, you'll be a lot better off than if you go that way. So come this way and 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 do what god wants but it but it's called strange fire and 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 and, and it's hard to describe strange fire because strange fire looks exactly like god's fire they put fire in a sensor; it looked just like uh, Aaron's censers same fire burning well, what's the difference fire's fire right A good service is a good service. Fire is just fire. If it all looks the same, how do you know the difference? The difference between God's fire and strange fire is the source of the fire. It depends on where the fire comes from. Come on, because old uh, uh, Nadab and Abihu, th- their fire came from big lighters. They just went and got, got them some coal, and they just said, ah, let, you know, fire's fire. Let's throw it in here. Let's light it, and let's go swing it around, and let's go impress everybody. But, uh, but you see, the fire needed to come off the altar. Does anyone know how the altar got lit in the first place? We've been preaching about this if you've been here. They put the wood on the fire. They put the sacrifice on the fire. And then the fire of God. I, I like to, I don't know. I, I, the scriptures aren't real clear how it, how it came down exactly. But we know that the presence, the fire of God, that pillar of fire, picked up when they had all the furniture in place. And where did it go? It dropped into the holy of holies. Can you imagine witnessing that? <sighs> Can you imagine being in the Holy of Holies when that place lit up? There were no shadows. Then I believe, I think what happened was the fire went through the veil, through the holy place, into the outer court, and lit that fire. It was a fire from heaven. And God said, don't you ever let it go out. So we have responsibilities today. People say, well, you know, why does revival end? Why does it, you know, what what responsibility do we have? Isn't this all on God? Some people say, well, God God was done with revival. No, God's never done with revival. I believe you can stay in the presence of God all the time. I believe you can enjoy the glory all the time. So the fire, in fact, we don't need to pray for the fire to fall anymore because the fire fell on Pentecost, and he never took it back. Here we go. Well, 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 uh, uh, Pastor, I don't, I don't see the fire. I don't, well, some of us got scales on our eyes, but, but listen. I told you last week, I think it was, that sometimes the fire goes underground, and it's burning underground. Amen. You might have to dig a little to find it. But whenever you find the fire, your responsibility is to feed the fire. We've got to feed the fire. You need to put something on the altar. This is not about you coming to church and just saying, well, bless me if you can. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. The next step is not pretty. (laughs) So get with me. (sighs) Glory to God. If your only thing is, you know, my thing is to come and receive. And preacher, you better preach. And singers, you better sing what I need. Or I'm just going to go. Listen, 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 listen to me. Amen. You'll never experience revival if your goal in life is only to receive. It's when you start throwing wood on the fire. It's when you live sacrificially. It's when you give. It's It's when you give out of yourself and you bring your dead wood. Wood. Come on, we all got some dead wood. And throw it on the altar. It feeds the fire. It's time for the church to do some repenting and confessing. Strange fire is man-made fire. Years ago, we were in, in that old sanctuary and a local pastor, he's still around. You'd probably know if I called his name. He's not a Church of God guy. <laughs> Y'all start guessing who he is. He came to one of our revival services, and after church, he said, Pastor, let me give you some advice. He said, you got, there's, there's a way you've got to do this worship thing. You need to turn the volume way high, and every song needs to be a fast song. And you need to just start in fifth gear and just boom. And if you'll do that, people will respond and you'll have revival. I almost threw up on him. I thought, oh, my God, really? If we do this, fire will fall. Notice I said we got to feed the fire, but you can't bring the fire. You're not a fire starter. You may be a fire feeder. Listen, that was was like 28 years ago, a long time ago. I still remember it because that preacher's still around and he's still doing the same stupid thing. Listen, our, our praise team can tell you we're not trying to manipulate anything. We're just trying to keep our ear to heaven and sing songs that God is wanting to move in. Can I promise you as your pastor, and I've been around a while, (laughs) I have no intention of manipulating the service. If God doesn't show up, we'll just go home. I don't sit around saying, now how can I, no, it's not about anything I do. Sometimes worship See, when you play games like that, what you're doing is you're manipulating people's emotions, but God is nowhere near it. Now, listen, emotions are part of worship. But if emotions are, is everything and there's nothing beyond that and God's not in that, that's strange fire. I've been around long enough to see some people get so in themselves and so emotional Acting like it's God when they're just acting the same way Grandma acted. We, we make fun of these people with all these traditions. Pentecostals have traditions too. It's not God till the music gets loud. It's not God unless someone's running the aisle. If that's all it took, I'd I'd have William just run every week. Simple, right? Simple. It's not simple. You have to wait on him. We've got to pray and seek the Lord. We have to keep feeding the fire, but we are not the source of the fire. I don't sit over there asking God, God, what can I do I'm over there praying, God, what are you doing? <laughs> Cuz half the time I have no idea. I don't plan altar calls. I don't I don't tell them what to sing. Listen, I just show up, and my prayer is, God, I just want to be a vessel of your glory. I just want to be that that piece of kindling that will catch the fire and and, and cause someone else to catch fire. I I just want to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. I just want to be a vessel. Jesus. First point, (laughs) and and, and I'm not saying we should make... There are people who actually think if they have smoke machines and skinny jeans, they're going to somehow impress the younger generation. Listen, I'm not against, you know... Lighting and technology and good music. I love good music better than bad music. I, I, you know, I don't mind all that stuff because sometimes they are aids to worship. You can have aids. Remember when Paul was giving out handkerchiefs that he had sweat on. And people used them, and God blessed through that. I mean, there are aids worship but when the aids become the very thing of worship then then we've crossed a line amen and so so i'm not saying we should make it harder i'm not saying let's shut everything down let's take out the padded seats let's bring in some sawdust (laughs) turn that some of you have no idea what i'm talking about we're going to turn the heat off turn the air off sit on the floor that's how they do it in the third world and god moves a lot stronger than he does here There's places God's moving where there is no technology. There's just a preacher and and some guy on a guitar or a flute, and and they're just worshiping God. And they're there for three hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours, all day long listening to the Word, and there's no comfort to But I'm not saying we should make worship harder, although Elijah did. Elijah says, not only is God going to fall on this sacrifice, but I'm going to dump 12 barrels of water on top of it. I don't feel called to dump any water on the service. I'm not trying to put water on anything. But if God wants to really prove something, if he wants me to just get up here, stand here, and stare at you for 30 minutes, and he moves at minute 31, that's what we'll do. Whatever he wants. Say whatever he wants. Whatever he wants, whatever he wants, whatever he wants. The world. Oh, Jesus. I guess what I'm saying, it's, it's atmosphere, and we can maybe help the atmosphere. But you can't create the atmosphere. And God has got to be the one that starts this. You know, the world itself has abandoned God. And the world is trying to start their own fires. Come on, church. This is a scripture you'll never hear anyone preach on this. Jeremiah 44, if we got that. Watch this from the message. God of the angel armies, the God of Israel says, You women? That's why preachers never preach this one. They're scared to death. You women, you said it and then you did it. (laughs) You said we're going to keep the vows we made to sacrifice to the Queen of Heaven. Apparently, they got it in their head that there was another way to worship and uh, pour out offerings to her, and nobody's going to stop us. Well, go ahead, keep your vows. I got a word to a lot of other churches. Y'all just keep on doing what you think you're supposed to do, controlling and manipulating the congregation and controlling and manipulating worship and and, and making sure that everything goes exactly to your plan. I know Paul said everything decently and in order, but that's God's decency and God's order, not ours. Come on and praise him. Next verse. Do it up big. Have a big show. Have you noticed that a lot of the churches that are all about show are the ones that are down 50% now in their attendance? People are over the show. People that were in it just for the show decided to stay home because they can not get a show anywhere, but there's a hunger. Listen, there, you know why this why this church is growing instead of declining? There's people that are hungry for the real deal, and we got a sense that the end is very near, and Jesus is coming, and we need to quit playing games and get on board with this thing, amen. It's time to live it or lump it. Well, I might go an hour. Also, listen to what God says about it. All you who are listen, all you who are from Judah but live in Egypt, do I need to pray? Do I need to preach there? You're from the church, but you live in Egypt. You're, you 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 tell people you have a church address, but you're really. You really live in Egypt. Your life is Egyptian. Only old people know what I'm. I swear by my great name, backed by everything I am, this is God speaking, that never again shall my name be used in vows such as, uh, as sure as the master God lives. Listen, all these people swearing by God, using God's name in vain, my God. by anyone in the whole, whole country of United States of America, I mean Egypt. I've targeted each one of you for doom. The good is gone for good. All the Judeans in Egypt will die off by massacre or starvation till they're wiped out. The few who get out of Egypt alive and back to Judah will be very few, hardly worth counting, Then that ragtag bunch that left Judah to live in Egypt will know who had the last word. The world is saying the church is dying, the church is over, the church is done, the church is just full of old people, and as soon as they die, this whole thing will be over. But I got news for Egypt. Judah is alive. The church is still alive. Oh, we're more than alive. We've got a new vision, a fresh, God's doing something powerful in these last days. It's going to take them by surprise, and they're going to see people coming out of the caves. God will have the last word. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. Let me get into this. The church, the angel of the church in Thyatira, right. These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire's feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, patience, And as for your works, the last are more than the first. You're increasing in works. Praise God. Isn't that great? Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman. Why is it always a woman? (laughs) You've allowed that woman, Sister Jezebel. Come on, church. Can I talk about Jezebel a little bit? Boy, every time we, uh, every time we get on that subject, she's like, Rawr. "You've Listen, who calls herself a prophetess. How many know the, the cancel culture? They're actually, it's not about tolerating everybody anymore. It's that they have the truth, and you need to shut up. They're trying to cancel the church. They're acting like prophets. Calls herself a prophetess. It is the spirit of Jezebel. Listen, if there's going to be the spirit of Elijah in the last day, don't fool yourself. The spirit of Jezebel will be wherever the spirit of Elijah is. These are the days of Elijah. To teach, watch and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. How many know the world is full of idols? I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. She did not repent. I cast her into a sickbed. And those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds... I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Mm-hmm. Now, now, to you I say, and to the rest of the fire of tyrant, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have. Say it with me. Hold fast what you have till I come. And he who and keeps my... Until the end, to him, to him, I will give power over the nations. Oh, yeah, the church is still in this. The church is still in this. Go down to verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to Journey Life Center. Real danger with Jezebel is she kills babies. And she turned Israel away from God as the church now is being pulled away from God. Her main thing was to kill the prophets. Notice she didn't kill the Levites, she didn't kill average church people either. She says, I want to kill prophets. Because it's the prophets who hear from heaven and give the church the word. So he's after, Jezebel is after the prophets. And she's setting up her own prophets. The Bible describes them as those who eat at Jezebel's table. That's why we set up a table every Sunday so you can eat at his table. Instead of Jezebel's. Table. Her job is to seduce the church. To bring a deadness to the church. To bring an idea to the church that they could run things without God. First Kings chapter 16. I don't know if I have time to read all this, but y'all know about Ahab, Jezebel's wimpy husband. Amen. See, Jezebel's not in charge. Jezebel seduces those that are. Oh, we could preach a whole thing. So he was, he was evil. He took wife, Jezebel, king of the Sidonians, and he went and he served Baal and worshiped him. God help us when our leadership worships Baal. He set up an altar for Baal, all this. Ahab did more to provoke God, right, all that stuff. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 21. And, and, and verse uh, next. But Jezebel, his wife, came to Ahab and said to him, Why is your spirit so salt? Why are you so depressed that you're not eating any food? He said to her, because I spoke to Naboth. Anybody know the story of Naboth? He had a vineyard that God gave him back when Joshua gave him that land. So he inherited it for hundreds of years. But it was adjoining Ahab's property. Somehow the world thinks they own this. Their next step is to tax this. That'll that'll shut down some churches. He said, give me your vineyard. I'll pay for it. If it pleases you, I'll give you another vineyard for it. If you'll just stop preaching what you're preaching, I'll let you preach something else. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll, we'll bless you. We'll we'll, we'll buy your building and give you lots of money, and y'all can just go away. I'll give you another vineyard. And, And 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 Naboth answered, "I will not give you my vineyard." Let me say that again. I will not give you my vineyard. Talking to the king, Jezebel's wife said to him, You now exercise authority over all Israel. You're the mayor, you're the president, you're the governor. You can do whatever you want, you can shut, you have the power to shut down churches. See, I knew y'all wouldn't amen me. She said to Ahab, get up and eat some food. Let your heart be cheerful. I'll give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. I'll give it to you. See, here's the thing. Naboth, that was his inheritance. He had gotten that from generation to generation to generation to generation. And you know what? It was in a city called Jezreel. Jezreel. And Jezreel, I looked it up. Guess which one of the 12 tribes uh, 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 was Jezreel given to? It was given... <laughs> it was given to the tribe of Issachar. First, let's skip ahead. First Chronicles twelve thirty two. The sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200. All their brethren were at their command. The sons of Issachar were prophetic. It was the one tribe out of the 12 who knew the voice of God, who knew the instruction. They knew what God was up to. And Jezebel says, I want that tribe. I want those people who can see the future. I want those, I want those prophets dead. But Naboth says, no, I'm of the tribe. I know what you're up to, Jezebel. I will not sell my vineyard. Church, we need to stand up in the name of the Lord. I will not compromise this word. Do what you will. I intend to stand. She wants to kill the demonic, I mean the prophetic Voice, oh Jesus, help us in this place. Second Kings chapter nine. When Jehu, I, I love Jehu. Bible said he was like a wild man. He preached with his coat off. Amen. He, sleeveless. Yeah. Where did Jehu came from? Come from? Well, Elijah anointed Elisha. And then he anointed Jehu. He said, Jehu, your anointing is to kill Jezebel. God, give us a Jezebel killing anointing in these last days. Anybody want it? I'm not so sure I do. Take it. in Jesus. I'm just joking. So here comes Jehu. I I won't read the whole story, but he's riding furiously on a horse. And Jezebel's up in the tower, right? She's up there in the tower, and and here he comes. And when Jezebel heard he was coming, here's her strategy. (laughs) Uh Oh, did I lose my verse? She put paint on her eyes and adorned her head. All you ladies under conviction right now, I'm sorry. (laughs) And looked through a window. And the Bible says there were several eunuchs there because anybody who follows Jezebel has no future. And anyone who follows Jezebel has lost their fruitfulness. Y'all know what a eunuch is? You can't serve Jezebel and reproduce. You can only do what Jezebel wants you to do. You're married to Jezebel. Oh, my. Do you know we are not of the world? you know that Greek word, world? It's, the Greek word is cosmos, right? It's where we get the word cosmopolitan. It's also where we get the word cosmetics. Maybe the old church was onto to something. I don't know. No, I'm not talking about your makeup. Wear your makeup. Please don't look as bad as Jezebel, but you can wear your... If we can still tell who you are. You remember that old story of the guy who married his wife, and they hadn't been around very long, but he, he never really saw her. Without, and they went to bed, and, and, and he fell asleep. And in the morning, he woke up, and he turned around, and she had taken off her makeup. She had taken off her wig, took her teeth out... And he looked at her and ran. (laughs) I had no idea. I had no idea who I married. This is not the woman I married. I got a word for people who are running after the world. One of these days, you're going to see the world for what it really is, and you're going to realize you, you took up with something that's not what you thought you took up with, and all the glory of the world was not going to get you where you think it's going to get you. And if you compromise, it's going to eventually come against you instead of being for you. It's not worth turning your back on Jesus for the world. Because the world is in makeup. It's all an illusion, thank you. It's all make-believe. I was shocked when, you know, the word got out that Superman's son was gay. But what really got me was that community said, we're so excited that we have somebody We have a superhero we can identify with. But the the tragedy of that is not what you think. The tragedy of that is is that that's their source of self-identity. What you do in the bedroom is not your identity. Can I go beyond that? My identity is not (laughs) white guy. My identity is not German. I appreciate all that. We all have things. But my identity is in Jesus Christ. And this world is putting on all the makeup. Young people are desperate to find out who they are. So they post things on Facebook, and they hope people will say, yeah, that's you. But when they say, no, you're really weird, they're committing suicide. The leading cause of death of young people is not COVID. It's suicide, and it's increasing by over 30%. Kids are killing themselves because they don't know who they are. They need Jesus. They don't need a make-up Jezebel to follow after. My God, we need to wipe the makeup off the world and show them Jesus. Come on and praise him in the house. Jehu, why did she put makeup on? Isn't that weird? I mean, if the Bible says that, there must be a reason, right? Because that's a weird response. Oh, here, here comes Jehu to kill me. Can I get my mascara? I mean, she didn't know if he'd succeed or not, but you know why? I think she actually thought that if she would put on her mascara and sit in her little chair and look out her window and just say, oh, Jehu, is it peace, Jehu? Can't we all just get along? Those three-inch eyelashes, (laughs) If you're really afraid of losing something you're wearing, don't wear it. If you live in constant fear of losing an eyelash, just get rid of the eyelash. Jesus, help us. I know we're laughing, but I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. She says, if I just put on my makeup, it'll be okay. If I just put on a face, and I, I, I believe I can trick Jehu. I, I believe I can I, I believe I can seduce The church to be the church I want it to be. If I can't get rid of the church, I'll change the church. If I can't get rid of the church, I'll kill its prophets so it can't hear from God anymore and it'll only hear the voice of the government. We've got to be careful here that we we understand the world is in makeup and it's not who we think it is. Our source is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know who's going to kill Jay, Who wasn't the one that killed her? It was the eunuchs. And I prophesy in the name of Jesus, the dead church is going to wake up and realize that the one they've been serving is not real, and they're going to throw Jezebel out the window, and revival is coming to the church. You're going to hear about dead churches suddenly come alive, and we're going to join them and celebrate with them. Let me close with this. Uh, music team, come on up. Maybe I'll, maybe I won't be long. Numbers chapter sixteen. Oh, my Hallelujah. Rashandarabatai. Thanks for following me up there. I know I've been all over the map this morning. It so happened that when the community got together against Moses and Aaron. Listen, your your pastor may not always be right or accurate. He may not always agree with you, but it's dangerous to oppose oppose what God put in place. Even David wouldn't touch Saul. And I'm not a murderer. And I'm not trying to kill you. (laughs) I may have wore you out, but I've not killed you. Look, Look, They looked over at the tent of meeting, and there was the cloud, the glory of God. See, they... The sons of Korah had come against Moses and Aaron. Then and they said, Moses, you take too much on yourself. We need to be a democracy. We, we. How many of you know the church isn't a democracy? It's a theocracy. It's a theocracy. The-o-c-ra-f- yeah. Theocracy. And theo is boss. That's Greek for God. And watch this. So Moses and Aaron stood at the front of the tent of meeting. God spoke to Moses, back away, back away from this congregation. so that I can do away with them. They threw themselves face down on the ground. Oh, I feel the Lord. Moses said to Aaron, God's about to kill the whole bunch. God sometimes has anger issues. Take your censer. Fill it with incense. Along with, from the, don't mess this up. (laughs) Get some fire off the, get to the congregation as fast as you can. A plague had broken out. I forget, was it? Forget. Was it fourteen thousand died already? I mean, people were just—it would be like a plague were to break out. I Hate to start over here, guys. But all of a sudden, Adam just kills over, and Ben kills over, and then and then Edward kills over, and Nina lives right, so she's fine. And and <laughs> what what? And and everyone here just go. And everyone here, and Moses is going, Oh my God, he's actually going to kill everybody. Aaron, go get your sensor. Get some hot coals off the altar. Don't you dare start it with that big lighter. Get some fire off the altar. And he got the sensor and he stood. Who wants to live? Y'all want to live? Y'all are dead. <laughs> do we really want to save Doug? Do we re- Do we want? Who want Doug? Who wants Doug to live? Y'all are dead. Here comes Aaron with a sensor. The smoke coming out of it. Bible says he stood between the living and the dead. I don't know what God wants me to do. He wants you to stand between the living and the dead. Be an intercessor. Stand between the living and the dead. Get a fire off the altar. Get a fire. And take it home and stand between your lost children. (laughs) Take it to work. And stand between the lost and the saved. What's going to make a difference, church? What's going to bring revival? It's not going to be strange fire. It's not going to be me going to a seminar and... Figuring out some cute idea to... No. No, it's not going to come through manipulation. It's going to come when the fire falls. Jezebel's trying to kill the prophets. But God's going to deal with Jezebel. And fire is going to fall. I said fire. He stood between the living and the dead and stopped the plague it's time church we stop the plague and stand between the living and the oh I feel God in this place stand to your feet hallelujah Jesus See something in the Spirit. Put, put your hands out in front of you like this. Thus saith the Lord I have placed hot incense in your hands, and your prayers are ascending from my incense, burning in your hands go past the veil (laughs) go past the veil with your incense in both hands full of incense go past the veil and come into the most holy place and there I will sit with you on my mercy seat For you are seated with me this morning. You are seated with me this morning. And thus saith the Lord, I will send you out. And that incense will be a wall between the living and the dead. And I will save those you reach out to, saith the Lord of hosts. Give him praise this morning. Oh I see I see clouds of glory. He says he walks amongst the candlesticks. You're the candlestick. I wonder, I wonder how many this morning, I went and say, Pastor, I'm willing to be a burning censor that will stop the plague. How many know the world's getting so dark? I'm telling you, it's not going to get better. It's certainly not going back to normal. Everything's set up for worse. But God needs light in the darkness. I wonder if there's maybe just a dozen that are willing to come and say, I'll be a burning censor. I want the censor anointing that I can go from this place and stop the plague. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? We're going to lay hands on you and rebuke the spirit of Jezebel. And give you the anointing of God. That's ye, Jesus. You are the light of the world.